Hello, friends. This is Stacking Pennies, Monster Mile Edition. I'm Court of the Joy. We're going to have a great show for y'all today. We're going to get into awesome chase from the same places. First one of the season alongside a little bit of Ross Chastain, Martin Truex, beef, if you will, a watermelon beef. Interested to break down that a little bit. Then we're heading into Darlington with the Stacking Pennies, Chevy Camaro, looking like Marty Robbins, Plymouth Belvedere. So, big show today. Stand by. We're going to get right into it. <laughs> Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacking packs. And here we are. As I said earlier, I'm Corey the Joy, alongside my good friend, Mr. Chuck Bush. Hello. Wearing the hottest merch that has dropped this side of the Mississippi. Those of y'all listening, unfortunately you cannot see, but you will see it on NASCAR social media. That is a stacking pennies hat, limited run. We got the pink, we've got the yellow to match. My hot rod this weekend with stacking paints on the hood. So I hate to tell you, I believe we're sold out. We got three hats right here already taken up to account. Maybe I might give this sucker away though. Might give this one sign away if somebody wants to, I don't know, rate, review the podcast. Come see us at Trackside Live, you know. We'll get into that later. I'm, I'm just saying. I don't want to leave my other two friends out. Introduce them. My man had a short day yesterday. Uh, <laughs> Five laps, right? Five laps on a Monday. What is the metaphorical word to use about me shooting you with a pit gun? Because I saw you on the pit road before. You the just race. do one finger. Everybody, you just do one finger. I get say I stay out there, wave to my friend, hey man, good luck, and he just gives me one finger. No, like like you know how you're like riding on the road like this, yes. and you just kind of like do one of those. Like what's up, dog? <laughs> you gave him finger guns. Right. Well, oh, those no, are drive every by. Week. <laughs> every week, that's a drive by. It, it was a drive by, but what I told him was like. Don't worry. I'm going to get you guys here by the end of the day. I didn't know it was going to be five laps into the day. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. <clears throat> stuffed it. Daytona 500 champ stuffed it. You'll have that sometimes. And then last but not least, ice cold Blue Mountain takes. Mr. Jonathan Merriman. What's up? I'm going to be relying on you guys a little bit today because I, I've always hated doing podcasts the day after a race uh, because my brain only works at about 60% capacity generally. And today it's working on about... 30% capacity. So I'm going to need you guys to really pick up my dead weight a little bit because I didn't really get to watch the race back. All I saw was at my windshield. And when I saw my windshield, there was only like 13 to 15 cars out of it the whole day. Love that. We had a pretty good day with our Duramax Drydeen Camaro. Probably our best run of the year, to be honest with you. Got into a run-in with Daniel Suarez again. An amigo. <laughs> He's an enemigo. I don't know Are what you? it is. We got magnets to our car. Now, we can break down... If was it retaliation? Was it this? Was that? My man was six wide at Coda, and I got smashing too, smashing to him, and he thought like he would not let like stop texting me that it was my fault. And you but, haven't talked to him since, like a driver intros or anything? No, I don't. I just say what's up, dog. Like, let it be. You know, like it's part of the gig. But my man was like three lanes down on the bottom. If I wasn't there, he'd have been outside with monster. But uh, we hit the fence just enough to really bend all the wheels or the right side wheels, and we limped it at home for 18th, but still it was a pretty good run for us. But I texted him after the race. I was like, because I didn't want to talk to him. I wanted to, like, see the replay. Give me a minute to, like, buy, just dissect what, what happened. And I just texted him, like, where were you going, amigo? And he just one response. To the front. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's honest. Can't get mad. He, he responded with something else afterwards, and he was made a mistake or this, that, and the other. But he, like, let my guard down because like it literally had me laughing. That's funny. My man was going to the front. In his defense, he had a soccer accident, and his left foot was broken. He did post before the weekend started. He had a broken toe. Um, so I was the culprit. I was the victim of a broken toe by Daniel Suarez because he did not use a brake pedal getting into turn three, unfortunately. But such is – Racing. Isn't that what took you out? Broken toe? No. Broken toe I, uh, link? It's broke toe link, yes. My man. It was the five-minute clock. My man stuffed it. Let's just go right into the Xfinity race. We'll back up a little bit off the cup race for now. Junior Motorsports domination. One, two, three, and five, I believe. Something like that. Yeah. Pretty sure. Noah won 100 grand. Noah won, a, Noah won 100 grand. Good little payday for old Noah Gragson. He's good at those dash for cash races. He's been good at all the races now i mean my man noah's turned into a pretty good race car driver. i mean it was junior i think junior tweeted it over the weekend that uh 
He deserves a, t- he's a shot. Shot at a cup, cup. race, like he's he's earning his uh, stripes, if you will, I guess. So where does Noah go? Does he go cup race next year? I think I think Noah does go cup race next year. Full time? Yeah. You're I don't gonna, know. You're gonna spend uh, you're gonna spend a couple million bucks on uh, on a cup ride anywhere. Yeah, but or, so this is a question I have, and like we talked about this before too, and you asked people this question, like. You stay at Junior Motorsports, you run for another championship, or do you go run, you know? You got to get to the show. And not many people have the opportunity, like Noah does, to write a check. A couple million bucks, three, four million bucks. So that certainly helps you take and give you some more options. Certainly looks like Colleague would probably be that second Colleague car, would probably have Noah's name written on it. But who knows? I mean, there's a lot of moving and shaking between now and the end of the year. But Noah Gregson, certainly another championship contending effort so far this year in the Xfinity side. And then that's about it. And that was there anything else? It makes my heart happy to see Josh Berry win being a short track guy and get an opportunity and kind of fighting and scrapping away to, to be able to win these races. It's always good to see him win. I, I enjoy that. I saw an interesting uh, tweet from, I forgot who it was, but it wasn't Matt Weaver um, that said he would love to see, or I wondered how many other guys like short track prodigies, quote unquote, you could stick in that same plug-and-play scenario and it would thrive like Josh Berry. And I responded to that tweet, six to eight guys. This stuff is hard. Nationwide? Yeah. Nationwide. See, Josh Berry runs the probably, like, the closest series to, like, an Xfinity series at short track runs, like car store, long, late model races, asphalt stuff. So if you take a, if you take a really badass, super, you know, dirt late model guy and put him in there, the, figuring out, you know, the way that all that stuff works might be a little bit more of a learning curve. But there's some really talented guys like um, Matt Hirschman or somebody that Matt might be Hirschman's able to do a it. guy on the list. Bubba Pollard, I think, could probably be on that list. How Casey much, Roderick. How much seat time do those guys get? Like, for instance, a, a, a guy who's running cars tour, a guy like Josh Berry, before the Junior Motorsports Xfinity part time deal last year roughly how how many races a year is he running compared to like a Larson dirt schedule who's got 100 on the schedule what's similar, similar? not maybe not 100 50 yeah. so yeah, you think 50. do you think he's he is as good as he is in the Xfinity series because of the you know I mean he's sitting behind the wheel more than almost anybody else um that's an interesting point i think cuz uh, Larson always says like he doesn't work out like he's in racing shape like that's how Tony he stays yeah right yeah. Obviously, it helps. I mean, being in the car as opposed to being out of the car, you're only going to get better each and every time you're sitting in, no matter what you're sitting in. Um, but I don't think that list of guys that c- you could plug into a junior motorsports scenario and have the success of Josh Berry, that list is small. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's good guys all there over are, the country. There are it's it's all know, situational, but... and it's all about the group you surround yourself with. But, but I, I feel like a lot of it's – I mean, the NFL draft was this past weekend, right? And you've got – guys that are in college is like oh yeah this guy could definitely go pro and then they don't because there is that there's still a talent and learning gap from you know the amateur level to you know you're racing on the weekends at the toughest tracks in the in the nation against the toughest drivers even in xfinity is not like the folks there aren't they're not slouches i'm not knocking anybody like cups up here xfinity's here like that it takes a lot to get there and Josh but, Berry's old too to be starting out in Xfinity first. Thirty-one, easy. Give it in a terms break. of it, how old back was in the when day, he started? Harry Gant didn't start till he was forty. <laughs> but that, yeah. this isn't back in the day. This is now. Well, this might be throwback weekend. Just but, because you don't have eighteen-year-olds bracing back in the day doesn't mean like thirty-one's old. I've had, I've said forever. It doesn't matter how old the guy that's driving cars. Give me the guy that can win right now. Right? If they can win when they're forty, give me him right now. If they can win when they're eighteen, I want them. So, so it's about winning right now. I mean, but, but the but like the the thing about Josh Berry is there's there's a lot of talented race car drivers with the right amount of seat time in an Xfinity car that could be successful. There's probably not as many drivers that could be as successful as quickly as Josh Berry has been just because of the discipline that he races. Well put. Let's go to the cup side, ladies and gentlemen. Let's not bury the lead because awesome chase from the same place is the last Hendrick driver to get his ticket punched to the playoffs. And the place was up in arms, excited to see it. What did you think about that race, Chuck? I mean, I thought it was a good race. I mean, it's always fun for me when I get to come in on a Monday and uh, watch the race at work and, uh, 
you know, utilize all the different feeds that we have in the building. I hate Monday race. Yeah, that's very selfish. I know it's selfish. Very selfish of you. I, How I dare you. I appreciate that. But at the same time, like, you know, hey, I in, in high school, I listened to the uh, Rockingham race. There's Randallade no one on the radio in school. Like, I like listening to races a lot of time. I like listening to That was a to Bush them. race, wasn't it? No, that, what? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I remember vividly being Steve in like. Steve Park won. It was raining. Was that Monday? Oh, was that yeah, after was Earnhardt yeah. passed away? Yep. Okay. So before, a couple years before that, I remember like being in the fourth grade, having my teacher turn on in school a, a rain delayed bush race on a yeah. Monday. And I had all my classmates like rooting for my dad. So I, I don't like it that we're racing. We're not racing on a Sunday, but at the same time, there's something kind of fun and cool about it that like I get to play a little bit of hooky from work and listen to the race or watch the race. Even though I work for NASCAR, so it's not really hooky. I think that I could just see you in a house with no TV and like an old radio with the dial, <laughs> the dial and you're like trying to it, tune yeah, it in, yeah. listen to put FDR. some tinfoil on there, just churning butter. So Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> not this type of show. Just feeding the geese. So, so Monday morning, I'm walking out of the casino lobby. And I run into Roswick Chastain. He's got his bag and loaded up. We're all getting ready to go to the track. So what do you think? You got what it takes to get the job done today? He goes, mm, I don't know. That nine car is pretty solid. So Ross saw on, on Sunday for those first 30 laps or however many laps he ran that the nine was the car to beat. He just needed a little bit of track position, and he got it. But did he dominate? Like, I'm relying on you guys to tell me how the race went because I didn't really watch it. My man was strolling at the end. He won by however many seconds, four or five seconds over – Reggie Stenhouse. Sounds like the 18 was going to win, but they kind of short pitted or, or pitted, and the caution came out at the wrong time for him. When the 11s, when the 11s bad day got worse. I don't know. I mean, I I was heading the plane, <laughs> but but like Boston it sounded market, like you know, it. Getting your, yeah. getting your dinner. Oh, the race itself was a good Dover race, right? Like yeah. I think I saw a lot of sediment like that. Yeah, I think. I mean, I also think that place is is weird as it sounds. Benefits from one race a year. I agree. Right. Yep. You saw the crowd Sunday. You know, I think the crowd Monday was surprising. The crowd Monday yep. was surprising. And I think what really helped that race too was when the sun came out. I agree. Uh, I and agree Larry, with that. It Larry got wide. Yeah. Larry said that, you know, on, on the broadcast, he was like, you know, Dover's the most fickle racetrack in terms of sunshade mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So I think I'm a big fan. I don't know. Of, heard of that tunnel turn of Charlotte. Well, tricky. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm a big fan of, of when those conditions change like that, right? And then when we transition from day races that race into the night, right? You have the comers and goers or whatever. So I think that helps uh, movement through the pack, right? Somebody has a strong car. If it's super shady or overcast, it tends to fade a little bit. Someone else comes up through there. So I don't, I mean, if my perception, I don't think, I think Chase was strong. I don't think Chase ran away with it. It was a competitive race. And I think everybody left there feeling feeling pretty good so it wasn't a clinic i mean hendrick didn't go one two three four again and, and wax everyone um he's, love, no, he's no jimmy johnson at dover well there's only one of those guys but this is the, this is the only one oval that chase has won twice at um so chase elliott might be the new age jimmy johnson and who was, knows was it chase that we said a couple of weeks ago like with this stretch of races that was coming up that there's a good chance that he would get that win and it, it was, was only a matter of time. time. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you owe me a Coke Cola. Coke Cola. Yeah. Like the, the the guy's a champion. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to hold him down. What I thought was interesting, though, this was Chase's first oval win yeah. since he won Phoenix and won the championship. He won two road course races last year. Interesting fact. I didn't know they went that long without winning an oval. Uh, but there's nobody more competitive than his crew chief. Um, you know, Allen is is super fiery and will do whatever it takes to get that thing in victory lane. Obviously made the right calls with strategy to get him some track position. But I love the – I don't like using the word parity because that just assumes that everybody is somewhat equal. But there is a lot of parity from the guys who run – like I feel like anybody can be running ninth or anybody can be leading the show. Um, and if, if you see a guy like um, – Look you know, at Stenhouse. Look at Stenhouse, right? They hit on it. Hey, they've been behind us in points all year long. Hit on it, run second. Yeah. Right. I feel like our car, we hit on it. We could have ran anywhere from seventh to twenty-first if we had a bad pit stop. Um, and that's what the, your gains right now are are a little bit on pit road. Uh, sometimes a little bit too much of a gain if you're on the razor edge of grip. 
or the ra- the razor edge of just mistakes. We're going to break down some of Denny Hamlin's woes with his left front tire falling off, as well as AJ Allmendinger's tire falling off. About the reasons why that's happening, but definitely something to be concerned about going forward. For I think you you sent out a tweet, and we talked about it this weekend. <clears throat> and I saw a lot of short track guys. Michael Christopher's there. A lot of guys that I know from the Northeast that had never been to Dover, and like. Man, the racing sometimes isn't great there, but that place is so badass. I think your tweet said you've you've yet to do something as intense as a qualifying run at, at Dover. Bro, you just say that. I got goosebumps. Like, there's no feeling that I can describe in words. Like, when you're sitting there and you're the next guy to qualify and that guy around you goes, Wow! And the car slams in the banking, and then it's just full commit to the throttle at 165 miles an hour in the middle of the corner. Your heart's literally going, and the old guy taps on the hood, like fired up, and you're like, "Oh, buddy, yeah. oh, buddy, here we go!" And you start, man. I, there's no amount of commitment level that you could like pump yourself up to get and still get enough. The grip at qualifying at Dover is just—it's a surreal feel, and I—that's what makes you want to be a race car driver. Is feeling like that, and I, that was one place there in Bristol you miss qualifying. Uh, with the whole COVID stuff and, and the way the metric worked last year with lining up and race them, I'm glad we qualifying because you go to Dover and qualify, you better bring your lunch. Yeah, the thing that I'm excited for with that track, a lot of changes going on there with the, with the I think Bally's bought the uh, casino and SMI took over the track and uh, they don't have to have horse racing there anymore to have the casino. So the, the, it, I would really love to see the infield maybe get brought down and, and grass so you could camp in there or have a little bit more activities in there because I think the more fans that could get in there and see the cars, they're almost, you know, three stories above you dropping down in the corner. It's a really cool experience. It's it's like Bristol, but just even more badass. Uh, yes. It's it's, it's a big – it's a mile-long Bristol. I, I have been a huge Dover fan for a while because um, it's one of those tracks, like, when you go to it, like you said, you just – you can feel when – you, when you go over that crossover bridge – like you don't see it because you're uh you got to experience it this weekend when the race was going right, on. Yeah. But wow, <laughs> that was me that took yeah. the shot, not Merriman. But it it ne- it never ceases to amaze me when I'm walking across that and you can see the cars going underneath you. Just it it's well, you talk awesome. about you know leveling off the infield. I mean, I just think we need a Doval race. <laughs> it's on the gravel. It's ha- yeah, it's half. Uh, gravel after and then uh road concrete. course yeah. yeah doval the gravel's the worst no it's like the it, worst dude, it's ever. tracks everywhere it's, oh my gosh and when it rains everything's road. gray well and like if you don't if you don't get into like stage a golf cart in like for production and like you have to walk everywhere okay. and our old camera guy i think it's the walking. only i think it's the only track on the schedule without a tunnel makes it a big pain in the ass so bruton if you're Marcus, if you're listening, dig a tunnel under Dover. We'll appreciate it. <laughs> send, send Corey a shovel. He'll start digging. <laughs> no, thanks. What if they did? What if instead of having the crossover bridge, they had a tunnel, but they had glass over it so you see the cars going? That'd be sick. I would not do it. I yeah, would not do know. it. I would no, not. thank you. What it's, if they shot you out of a cannon? We're off the rails. <laughs> Skips out. <laughs> there goes him and Austin Sindra. Just right in the net. <laughs> All right, y'all shut up now. Yeah, oh, gosh. Stage one winner was Denny Hamlin, and his day got progressively worse from there my man came in on lap 196 actually what was that no early stage one was it the i thought it was a green flag stop his left front wheel came off uh, i was at no it was it at was the uh, stage break it was, it was at the, the stage, stage break, break. Yeah. it was the third so it was stop a 16 the during the green flag yeah. stop that the wheel yeah. fell yeah. off so I, I have a question for you on across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Denny. So when they dropped the jack on TV, you could see the wheel click. Yeah. On broadcast, they showed the wheel after it had rolled down pit road mm-hmm. where the fender had cut into it. Like, he's got to feel something in that race car. Why? I mean, if if the wheel is semi-off and riding the fender, you've got to be able to feel it. Why not stop on pit road and just, like, put the e-brake on? Well, you just take for – you take for – I don't know, granted, or you just un- you, you feel like when they drop the jack, like all four tires are on it. Yeah. And he probably drove, what, 75 yards, and then it came right off. So it is a way different sensation having that spindle hub come through the tire as opposed to the tire bolting up to the face of the brake rotor like it was with the previous car because you you had with the previous wheel with five lugs, you could feel a vibration instantly. You'd roll 10 feet and feel it. Now – the tire kind of finds its way on the spindle and you legitimately can't feel anything different. Yeah, it feels wonky and it kind of moves around a little bit, but that thing didn't even have a lug nut on it. So the lug nut fell out of Michael Hicks, socket. Um, and I want to burn up that good content because we'll just get to the end of the race. Is there a, is there a learning curve with that? Like, because for your whole racing career, you've had that same sensation and now it's what three months that you've had this and, and and in that three months, it's not something you have every week where you're experiencing that. What's the difference, though, if you feel it, and it's going to come off anyways? Right. Well, if you feel well, it, if you then stop. You, well, no, you, but if you feel that, like if you feel it, you're in this situation where there's no lug nut on it, it's coming off. But if you have a loose wheel and you can feel it maybe shaking, then you say, hey, I can get the pit road. But, but now they can't feel it, so it's just coming off once it, once it comes off. That's but, the scary part. But can't they all, also, like, if his... Let's just say, hypothetically, he was pitted in the last pit box and the tire comes off on That's pit road. Part. They don't suspend the crew chief and tire changer if it comes off on pit road. I had this conversation with Boyer on the plane last night because he was sitting by me. Because the and four had that, a wheel fall uh, off somewhere. And the six at maybe Atlanta. Yeah. And I, from the way that I understand it, it's the racing surface. Now, is pit road part of the racing surface or is it the track? I don't know how that rule is deemed because that came up last night. On the plane ride, he said Larry Max said it's pit road or anywhere. No. But I I would like to see some clarification on that myself because I think there's a little bit of grayer there. But what I'll say on, on their defense is in unless he's leading the race. So unless you know, like my, I stood there and watched that pit stop because I brought my guns back. Kosh came out. They were pitted three stalls down from us right at Victory Lane. I climbed up on Victory Lane. Like, let me see how they're doing this stop. Their guys behind the wall. I watched everything. I saw Hicks stop it. He pointed at Gabe Hart, tried to stop him. And unless Gabe Hart knows something's wrong 100%, unless Denny knows something's wrong 100%, they're not stopping and giving up the lead, especially at Dover. That, yeah. That's like the biggest place you don't want to give the lead up. So that that is what bred in that situation too. That's a difference of three-tenths of a second. I mean, those guys were the fastest team of the day, and they were laying down heaters, and they were on a heater there. That would have probably been now, the do they count stop. that? Do they count that pit stop on the impact? I score? don't know. I I got bad karma coming. <laughs> Just <laughs> make know. sure your nuts are <laughs> tight, my friend. Now, if you had to bet, Chuck, would you have lost some money thinking that Chase Elliott would be the last Hendrick guy to be in victory lane this year? <sighs> Maybe, yeah, and no. But, like, Hendrick has just been – they've been good this year. Would you have thought, yeah, like, is Chase the first guy? I, I have a hard time going back and remember. I'd have to go back and look and see how much seat time that he were, he had in any of the next-gen tests. I feel like Larson had a lot. I feel like uh, Byron had a lot. And I can't really remember on Bowman. But for some reason, in the back of my mind, I think, like, I don't know. I don't know. If, I when, mean, Chase tested Phoenix and, and Roble, I think. But I don't think there was. And I feel like coming off of last year, and, again, going back to what we said in fe- January and February, I'd can't remember but i feel like with him not winning on the ovals since phoenix there's a little bit of that question mark like is chase back on track like when's chase gonna be back on track Dover's i don't it. think he's been off track no the man was second in he's points going into but the leading league. leading points right compared now to his is, teammates yeah. that you know willie b's got multiple wins like compared to those guys like yeah that's off track if you're not in victory lane 
Well, they're 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 yeah. I don't think yeah. You can't really. I would say as of right now, the 11's more off track. Even though he's got a win in the books, you know, because they're losing Gabe Hart for four weeks, front tire changer, and the Jack Man. That's a big blow. Now those guys have some depth. They'll put somebody strong on the pit box call races, but like that's a tough blow no matter who you are. So well, if you lose four guys, <clears throat> look at the stretch. These are the four races you don't want to lose your guys for. Darlington, Kansas is a big pit stop heavy race, the All Star race, and then the Coke Six Hundred. I mean, those are yeah. That that could be you know fifteen percent of the pit stops you do all year. Yeah, maybe maybe more. So that's how a, many stops you do this weekend. You could do ten easy. Yeah, I don't know how many sets tires are going to get or what it's going to look like, but uh, you know I've done sixteen here before. That's a lot of pit stops. Same thing. Same thing at uh at the Coke Six Hundred. Yeah. You know, with these, with not having to re-glue them, if you have a short run, you'll put them in the back. And if, you know, you, you can put them back on, there's there's a lot there's a lot of different variables now. Mm. All right. That's enough about the race. But we had some pit road woes to break down this week. We've been good friend Ryan Flora. Stand by. We'll dig into that good stuff right after this. Time for some pit road boats and woes. Front tire changer for the 11 car is going to be on a boat for the next couple of weeks. Old Michael Hicks going to have a little vacation. Well, what is, he the front, is he the front tire changer or the rear tire changer? Because they come from the right rear to the left front. So I don't really know how you classify as them. I think that they're going to call whoever hit the nut of the tire that fell off is that guy. Look, let's just break that down real quick because that there, there's a lot of stuff that goes on there. And he's been getting, he got, I saw he got hammered pretty hard last night by a couple people, but they, so they get to the right side They're First off, they've done a nine second stop to start the race, to get the lead. They're on a heater. Um, they, they do two, they come in both times. They leave pit road before this, they leave with the lead. They get to the right side. They're on a heater. They know they're on a heater. And these guys have been super fast. Them and the 18 have been kind of duking it out almost for like new track record. Every time they go out there, every time they jump off the wall, they're going, they're going for it. And, as they say, new levels, new devils. And these guys, they have microphones where they talk to each other. They call out, it sounds like they might call out signal words, let them know if they're good. But to hit the wheel without the nut in the gun, you get the same feel because the, the gun hits uh, the wheel and it kind of acts like a nut would. Now, on the right front, you'll kind of notice or the right rear, you'll notice it. But on the left front, you're hitting it, and they're dropping. Darrell, like, those guys all did the right thing. Darrell looked at him and checked off before he cut it. It looked like they were done. Hicks hit it, and the car dropped. And right when it dropped, he looked at it, and he hit the door. I was I was standing right in victory lane watching it. He hit the door to try to get him to stop, and he tried to get Gabe Hart to stop. Now, the, the thing that, and, and the carrier on that car is probably going to get ate up because he was celebrating which he didn't know any different, yeah. but you know, you just get, you know, you just get beat up on it, but it kind of looked like they were celebrating, but to their defense, Gabe Hart's not calling that thing down unless he knows for sure, like to, to stop when they're leading. But, uh, so how does the nut come out of the gun like that? After it's the, an O-ring. So it's an O-ring and magnets. And if you pull it off a little bit crooked and it's not always black and white, why they come out more lug nuts came out of, sockets this weekend than than have been i don't know if it had something to do with it being cold to start and then getting hot because the rubber sometimes does something funky there but two things um when it comes out you can either hit it on something or pull it off this pull it off the studs a little too soon or just pull it off the snout too like mm-hmm. crooked but dover is so loud with the way that that place is that you don't hear it hit the ground so like practice we practice inside and we have an electric car so like Right when you come off it, you hear it, ding, 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 ding. But at the racetrack, you don't hear that. So it's all a feel thing. I mean, we had two guys this weekend that um, on, on other teams at our place that were hitting the wheel with no uh, nut in the socket, doing the same thing that Hicks did. Uh, it was just on the right side. So they, they were able to evaluate it and, and put the nut on there. But yeah, it was, a, it was a big issue all weekend. Those guys absolutely hauling ass. And, you know, when you, when you run that... Uh, like when you tow that line, this is the stuff that happens. And we're talking about, you know, they're great on pit road. I sat right here and said Michael Hicks was the best tire changer on pit road. I stand by that. That team is, you know, top two, top three on pit road. 
And this is the stuff that's going to happen, and it's not going away. Like with one lug nut, and the more we push, we know this is coming. Well, it's back in the day, you'd hit three or four lug nuts on a heater of a stop, and you'd at least be able to get the wheel tight, and it would potentially work its way loose. Now it's either black or white. I mean, like an Xfinity car had one fall off this weekend. The one car, Sam Mayer's wheel fell off. His left rear fell off huh. under caution. They didn't get any lug nuts on it. So it's not like the the mistake has always been there, but now with one lug nut, the consequences are so much more dire. And like, you know, we saw DJ Cop on Twitter and we saw a lot of people like DJ, I I don't you know, I, I respect DJ and the career he had. He was a longtime tire changer. He he probably opened the door for guys like me, you know, being an ESPN correspondent that he was, for guys like me to come in and talk about this stuff. But the game has changed so much since he changed tires. And yeah, they, like I wanted to be a, a car chief and a front tire changer. I wanted to work on the car and change tires. You got to pick one now. The 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 companies, the the race teams. Well, you guys are finely tuned athletes. A lot of these guys are finely tuned athletes. I'm just a dude. But uh, but yeah, like the, the the race teams have bred this. This is what they want. They want you to focus just on pit stops. Some racetracks, that's the only way you can pass. And it and the stakes are higher than they've ever been. So. I understand where the frustration from some of the old school guys come from, but they're not in the trenches. They don't understand what exactly is going on now, and uh, and the sport's a lot different. So transitioning from the 11 woes, we're going to transition to the two cars woes because you guys had a jig to check toe. Yep. What are those? That string bars? I didn't really see. What so that. so yeah, you have a toe toe bar. Yeah. And what you do is the the side that you hit, you go to the other side. So we hit with the right front. So we go to the left side, and he gets his wheel mark where he wants it, and we put that thing flat on the rear wheel, and flat on the left rear, and flat on the left front, so you know your wheel's flat. Yep. Then you bring it over to the other side, and you put it flat on the right rear, and it tells you where, like, how far off yeah. your your right front is, and ours was almost two inches. Oh, yeah. So it went back out. I, right when I pulled the wheel off, I said, the you know, the, it it's bent. The toe link. The bent. toe link's bent, and we came back down and tried to fix it, but... There's just too many parts and pieces, and we ran out of time well, on five-minute clock. walloped the fence. Yeah, I didn't even see it. I haven't seen it yet. I just know he hit a ton. And we were probably lucky that he didn't go back out because I think there was more broken than just that. So he probably went back out, and you're hauling the mail there, and you break mm. something else, and you auger in the fence. It's never good. But, never uh, good. But, yeah, the five-minute clock got us. But, man, the insult to injury for the 11 cars, they were the fastest team on pit road this week by the mechanics for numbers. So – um, it's going to really hurt them maybe on that for the next couple of weeks, see who they put in. Uh, the one car still continues to be solid and they've actually pulled back away from the 18 in the mechanics where impact scores. So who are the top five best pit crews on pit road right now? Man, I'm burnt about this cause we were top five last week and you didn't talk about it. And then we just got passed again, but the one car is still holding the lead. The 18 was closing in, but now it's still really close. But the one car has pulled back away. The 11 car has gone up to third. Three car has slipped back to fourth. And a nine car passed the old two car to get back in the top five this week. Damn it. What are you guys going to do to get back in the top five? Haul ass, man. That's it. To the front. To the front. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, dude, the, the action's heating up on pit road. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm bummed that stuff like this is the stuff that points it out. But there is so much going on down there. And these next four weeks are going to be huge. With the pit guns, we saw a new rule come out. I think it's rule O that now lets teams monitor the uh, output pressure using the quarter inch jack on the uh, gun. How does that has that played out yet? Is that what's that going to do to help you guys on pit road, or what are you learning from that? So, from what I understand, we used to have on five lug nut stops before we went to clutch guns. We just had regular impact guns. We had a nitrogen bottle sensor and it would tell you nitrogen spikes so you would hit one two three four five and every time the the nitrogen bottle got a load on it it would spike and it would tell you which lug nuts were tight so if there was five spikes there was five nut tight if there was three spikes there was only three nuts tight and that's how you know before we got more advanced with helmet camera and uh, gibbs even had a thing that had a microphone that listened to it to tell if it was tight so it's it's pretty more pretty further advanced than what it was but i you really right now with that deal i don't know how it's going to work you have to see it and it's so quick like it's but before you know it 
the wheels coming off. And if it's a green flag stop, you're not going to have enough time. Like I, I had a right front this weekend that kind of went slow down. And it was almost looked like there was trash on the threads when it was tightening up. And I'm like, man, it looks like it got tight, but I don't, I don't know a hundred percent. Cause you got to realize this is only our 11th race with this stuff and race conditions. You see like, we did fifth. We did five lug nuts for fifty years, and I was seeing new stuff that I never saw last year. So you you learn something every week. Still, the same mistakes are being made, but like I said, the consequences are so much more dire. So I hope that helps. But really, truly, and honestly, like Freddie Kraft texted me last night. He said, "Why why are these wheels falling off?" I said, "Well, Fred, because they're not tight." Tip. <laughs> I mean, I, I wish, I'm first. not trying to be a dick. I mean, but, no, you, you don't no. need to be Bob Pockers to figure that. It, it, you know, it's just, there ain't tight. They're coming off. Twenty car had a loose wheel, and they made it back to pit road. So the only way that they knew was off of their helmet camera. Really? Yes. Yeah. Like, hey, something was wrong there. You got to come back. So they got lucky. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. Interesting stuff. As always in pit road boats and woes. Let's talk a little throwback Darlington action right after this. Stand by. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We are headed down to dance with the lady in black this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. One of my favorite racetracks right here, 3.30 on FS1. You know who's waving the green flag, Chuck? Who? You ever heard of Richard Petty? I have heard of Richard Petty. They're going to let him wave the green flag because they don't want to let him drive the pace car around. Yeah, a couple of years ago, he what took, what, two extra laps? It was a long time. It was a long time. Yeah. It was they like flagged him. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't want to come oh, on. <laughs> radio's not working. It's like he knows what the black flag means. Bring For him in. For sure. For sure. That was, that was good stuff. Gonna be some good stuff this weekend. Seeing all the throwback schemes, let's break down a little throwback scheme because there is a little portal that you guys can go vote. And if you vote for anything other than I stack and Penny's hot rod, then you aren't my friend anymore. <laughs> then you can not be my vote friend for anymore. someone then else. But we're not cool if yourself. you don't. Yeah. yeah, you're not cool unless you vote for my stack and Penny's car. But there are some other cool ones. Obviously, I'm super biased because mine has my name on the side. It looks like Marty Robbins. We've got the three numbers. You can't really do it much better than we did it, but it's everybody's own opinion. Yours, like if you're scrolling through uh, the, the the thing on, uh, I believe it's Darlington Raceway's site where you can do the fan vote. Um, yours stands out. It's like pink. The, the other ones, like it's like, oh yeah, that's that's like a '90s car. I remember seeing that. Yeah, that's Jeff Gordon's car. Cool, cool, cool. Whoa, Marty Robbins. Well, I mean that car also like always get the Marty Robbins car tributes and the old country time lemonade yeah tributes kind of they're in the same neil bonnet vibe you know you guys know how i feel about my throwbacks if the number's not the same it's an automatic disqualification so if you vote for a throwback scheme with a different number than what the original throwbacks the original scheme was you should be disqualified too because you don't have good enough standards for what a throwback should be so what about the five? You like the five? What are your top I three? I do like the five. The it's num- a pretty cool font. It's not the same, so therefore I would not vote for it. Twenty-four looks good. Seventeen looks good. Kyle Busch is, is also, you know, Ernie Irvin. Yeah, it's pretty pretty badass. Wait, the five car is the same font as it was on the car. Tim back Richmond's then. car. Yeah, but, but Tim like, Richmond a ran a zero, I right? Believe. Oh, you're fired. Close enough though. <laughs> like I do think it. Like five is would, their first number. I would make an exception for Kyle Larson's car. That one looks See, pretty good. Making and breaking rules all within thirty seconds. Because what it, what was what was the name of the team? Was it All Star Racing? Yes. Back then, I, that's that first car, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which was a. F- but I thought Jeff Bodine was his. First it was. Driver. That's who got the first. So win did they run with. two cars? 
I feel like you're the, you should be the stat guy, Chuck. Should you should be the stat this. guy. All right, top three throwback schemes, Chuck, from this weekend. Who do you think? Corey LaJoy stacking Penny's car. I like the six car just for the nostalgia of uh, the old Mark Martin. You, you're getting old, Chuck. <laughs> I'm getting old. That and I got I got a point on the getting old thing with the throwbacks because the throwbacks are now like hitting my era of like and like that's not a throwback. That's when I was well. Wait, I'm old. Like that's that's that kind of where I am with it. So I like those two, and I mean the Larson one. Uh, it, it, I, I think I Harrison Burton's got the prettiest car down there. You can kiss my ass. He does not. Saying, that car looks good. That thing is ass ugly. No, it's it's perfect. Like it's a different 90s. number, different sponsor. Oh jeez, stop it. It looks good. It doesn't disqualified. I, different number. I like the seventeen a lot. It, I worked at Roush when that car ran. Um, it's a little bit hey, near and dear you, to my heart. After the past two weeks of Kenseth trash talk and around the Hall of Fame, you can't pick that. That car. was before. See, I like that because that he that was before he pulled that <laughs> at Martinsville. That was pretty, and the team was really much. strong. You look at like that was like the OG Killer Bees. Justin Otis said, Dave Smith, Russ Stroh, Killer Bees, and the Pitbulls, dude. I'm telling you, Roush had all the cool shit back. Oh in yeah, the day. yeah. I was part. I was there. I was flying along. Good for you. All right. How about winners? So, all right, hang on. One last thing. Go vote. Throwback scheme at DarlingtonRaceway.com. Vote for that 777, which would be mine, because you're listening right here in Stacking Pennies, so you cannot vote for any other scheme besides that one. Who we got for a winner? Who's coming up? Triple sevens on the track? Eric Jones is my dark horse. Oh. Southern 500 winner, Eric Jones. Been running strong. Uh, him and Dave Ellens are really clicking on all – uh, eight cylinders lately, top ten run, but two, I, two top tens in a row. Yeah, I got, I got a feeling though that I think this could be Harvick's recoming out party. I agree. He won twice in twenty twenty. Uh, he's no stranger to victory lane there at Darlington Raceway. That's who I was going to pick. You yeah. stole my pick. Sorry. And Fords are going to have to find a lot of speed from Dover to Darlington. They're going to have to find a lot of speed. Um, well, I mean, Harvick was a solid top ten guy. He wasn't, you know. Super blazing fast, but he also, I mean, he moseyed around the back half of the top 10 all day where I feel like that that old veteran prowess is going to show its face a little bit this weekend down there. I like the Chevys, and I like the Hendrick cars. Um, Five-car P2 on pit road this week. It's going to be a pit-heavy race. I think the, you know, Larson, Larson shows up for big, big races like this, so I think uh, five-car is going to be my pick. That's probably a pretty good one. He is he is electric to watch around Darlington. I'm I'm gonna go with another Hendrick car, and I, I'm going way out on a limb right here. No, 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 not going that route. I you probably should. Kurt Busch doesn't drive for Hendrick. Kurt Busch does not <laughs> drive for Hendrick. I should probably go with the 24 with that paint scheme, the 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 Gordon Flame throwback one. But I'm gonna go kind of weird, not weird, but I'm gonna say Chase Elliott doubles down, gets Southern 500 win. In but, that, but that. This, uh, this isn't a Southern 500. Sorry, I'm going to double down. I'm going to double down and say that Chase Elliott gets the win at Darlington in the throwback race. Hmm. Yeah. No, good year 400. Good year 400. Hmm. Interesting. I love take. editing. <laughs> Interesting take. Is it though? No. Is it really? Is Interesting it? take. If Hendrick Hendrick's fast, right? He's got that oval win. When yeah. I think of Chase Elliott at Darlington, I just can't not think of him flipping off Kyle Busch. Uh, yeah. Standing out there, <laughs> that's that is a great image. So you're you're sticking with Harvick. I'm gonna go with Harvick. Cool. Yeah, I think so. I think he gets the job done this weekend. Uh, punches his ticket to the playoffs. They need a little bit of bump, but Toyota has won seven of the last ten races here at Darlington, so he's gonna have an upward fight against them, no doubt. We're gonna have a little fun this weekend, though, down there. We're gonna do a little stacking pennies live. It looks like. At 1.15 on Sunday. So be there or be square. We're going to have guys like Ty Dillon and Jeff Burton and guys like Chuck. And I am doubt you're going, Merriman. Yeah, I'll be there. He'll be there. Damn. Do you even know where the racetrack is anymore? Hey. You got a hard car printed out? He's bringing his cooler, man. So he can man. dish out all the cold takes. Yeah, don't yes. promise stuff I'm not going to deliver on. I'm bringing <laughs> yeah, my right. ass in You probably it. won't be able to make it out. I probably won't be there. I'll be working. He'll be working. But Merriman, you can see Merriman's boots live and in person. That's true. And what, Man, one fifteen of the trackside live stage. Do not miss it. Which where is the trackside live stage? I believe that I is. I think the, it's in Darlington, Charlie. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> if you're going to the midway at Darlington. You'll just find it. Just ask yeah. somebody, hey, where's the trackside live stage? Where's the second pace? Over there. Hey, thanks. That's where we're gonna be. One fifteen. 
Sunday. Besides us doing Trackside Live at 1.15, what else we got going on in the midway there, Merriman? Well, yeah, we got a little bit of a Coca-Cola iRacing Series update. Uh, congrats, Nick Oninger. One last week. Uh, next race is going to be at Kansas, but at Darlington, there is an eNASCAR arcade tour. So there's going to be a lot of things for fans to do. Uh, I think getting some simulators, race around. Uh, I don't know if it's public knowledge, so I'm going to keep the, uh, the, the specific games a surprise. But if you go in the Midway, some of the stuff they have set up is retro. It's cool. If you're around the Daytona 35... USA? Maybe Walker Let's Evans off of Fury. Let's go away. What? I don't know about Which that. Walker Evans. Uh, but yeah, Fury. there's a bunch of bunch of video games and stuff set up out there. Obviously, you can get an iRacing simulator as well. So a lot of cool stuff to do. Some throwback games to play down there. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Time for paying for your thoughts, Janie. What do we got? All right, Janie, what do we got for some penny for your thoughts this week? Well, this week we took to Instagram and we asked our followers uh, if they could submit their penny for your thought questions. And we had some great ones for Darlington. So our first one says, why did NASCAR start doing the throwbacks? I think that was a Chip Wild idea uh, when he was president of D uh, Darlington. He wanted to just get a little bit of energy around the event. And I feel like Darlington is probably a throwback the most throwback racetrack that we have on the schedule. So they wanted to bring back some throwback schemes and it really took on a life of its own. Um, however many years ago, and they've really seen some cool throwback schemes. So kudos to Chip Wild. Can you do your impression of Joey wanting to feel Darlington? Oh my gosh. One of my favorite Darlington stories. You can go probably on YouTube and find it, but Joey and I, this is probably more than 10 years ago now, we stopped by there when they were repaving it. And we go up to the top of the grandstands, and Joey says, oh, shoot, I just want to go down there and feel the asphalt, like touch it, feel it. Uh, then we proceeded to race down the grandstand seats or the grandstand, uh, the stairs, and Joey beat me, but he was head first, and he got banged up by the Darlington asphalt, but he certainly got to feel it and touch it. We stopped at a CVS, and he got a – a sleeve of like the cotton swabs and he put them all over his body because he had his glasses were all broke his finger was banged up he had abrasions all over his uh, arms and everything so the first time Joe Logano went to Darlington he got one with the asphalt you understand how old you are right 30 he's been in cup for 15 years it's crazy so it was way more than 10 years ago because <laughs> it was before he was cup racing it was yeah. before he was Xfinity racing because he'd never no, been there before it wouldn't have been it would have been uh I, he was driving. I wasn't driving. I was 15. Okay, he was probably. Yeah, it was 15 years ago. Yeah. Jeez. Crazy. Old as Chuck. The next one comes from Seth, and he asks, what is your favorite throwback rating by the whole team? Who does it best? Ooh, so this year, I just saw it before the podcast started, Track House, just like everything else they're doing, is so badass. That 99 Coca-Cola scheme with Daniel Suarez and that one polar bear Coca-Cola black scheme is so iconic. So that team, I think, wins the overall team throwback. But that 777, Stacking Pennies Camaro, better win your vote. I'm telling you, or we're going to have some problems. Our last one comes from Captain Fig 2, and he says, what is the most iconic paint scheme of all time for Darlington? The black three. I mean, Earnhardt. Are we? Are you kidding me? What are the top three? There's a black three, and then there's like forty-three, like, twenty-one, and it's it's silver on the bottom, and there's a red line above it, uh, and there's black above that, and there's another three. I agree. It's not the nine thousand renditions of orange and blue with a forty-three on it. What about Rainbow Twenty-Four? That's uh, that's fourth or fifth. I think one of the most underrated schemes of all time is the Kellogg's scheme, the five Terry Labonte. Where's the Skull Bandit? Yeah, it, just it just didn't run. It just didn't run. Skull Bandit at Darlington, like at at a track. Oh, if there's a if there's if we're picking if we're picking sure. a car for a track, yeah, it's the 21 at Darlington. Wouldn't you think? See, I think David Wood Pearson, Wood Brothers cars, and probably Kelly Arbro. Yeah, yeah. I had a great penny stacker of the week story, but it's almost like what would be the opposite of a penny stacker? Like probably that guy, that's penny knocker, penny taker. Yeah, yes, penny taker. the guy that called me a hippie <laughs> was a penny taker. I had another penny taker this week. So 
there are a certain number of fans that once the race is over, they'll drive to the airport because they know all the drivers are flying or driving through and they park their cars. I didn't even tell you the story yet. It's freaking hilarious. So there was, I'm pulling up and I'm like 200 yards away and I'm like cruising fairly slow. And there's, there's this kid, and they've got signs made like billboards. One of them was happy birthday, Kyle. One of them was like, Ryan Blaney, I'm your biggest fan. And I've got this hat on and I'm kind of like low in my seat and like chilling. And I kind of like give him like a wave rolling past him. So the dad's in the mirror, like, Hey, Hey, like jumping up and down. I'm like, maybe this guy's got some die cast cars or something. My man was emphatic, like trying to get my attention. So I look in the mirror, I whip it around. <clears throat> the dad and son, the son comes over and he's got a baseball that he signed. He's like, man, I got, man, I'm a huge fan. I, I just thank you for stopping so much. And he hands me a, a baseball and a bag of pistachios. And I'm like, Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Did you go to the race? Yeah, it was so fun. You were doing good. I know this. You, that it wasn't the day that you wanted to have, but you did a great job. And the the dad's like behind the B post of the car, and he like nudges the son. He goes, "Son, that's not Ryan Blaney." <laughs> <laughs> yes. So so the dad's like, "Hey, man, this is kind of awkward, but that baseball was meant for Ryan Blaney. Can I get that? Can we get that bag?" I said, "Here's the baseball bag, and I'm keeping the pistachios." So Owen. Owen was the kid that signed the baseball. You are not the penny sack of the week, my friend, but that made for a pretty funny story. Uh, I'm not Ryan Blaney, but I, those pistachios were quite tasty. Let's give a little tip of the cap, if you will, to all the fans that stuck around with us on Monday. There's a ton of fans out there on Sunday to watch before the rain delay, but the ones that really are dedicated are the ones that are grilling hot dogs at 8.15 in the morning for a rain delay race on Monday. So you guys are the penny stackers of the week. Owen is not. The baseball kid was not Penny Stacker of the Week. There's some other ones. The problem is now I'm giving out too many Penny Stackers of the Weeks. I, I need to like I need to like bring it back a little, tighten the reins up a little bit. It gets expensive, I guess. It gets expensive. It gets expensive because I told Luke Crop, Luke Crop, if you're listening, uh, I didn't want to go back on my agreement that you're you also are the Penny Stacker of the Week. So there's so many Penny Stackers of the Week. I gotta tighten it back a little Everybody bit. Everybody gets one. Everybody you're like gets Oprah. One. It's like a participation trophy. <laughs> Just like, just like what I get each and every Sunday. But what you guys should do, man, is one, you should just head down down to Darlington, watch the uh, throwback race. Two, I'm asking for to vote for a lot of stuff this week. Vote for my paint scheme, but also vote me into the all-star race. I need as much help as you could possibly get because I'm going to try to qualify my way through the open, but it's a lot easier if you just vote me in. Not ashamed to say that. Vote me in. What else we got, Jenny? That's all we got. That's all we got. One last thing, if you're in a voting mood, just give us five stars. That's all you got to do. That's it. Thanks for stacking pennies. I'm over. Talk to you next week.